All right, America. Guess what? We're here. We're live, large, and definitely in charge. So um, how about I get the opening for you right now? Welcome to Firefox News Online. Right now, the world's number one internet radio and internet video broadcast. The rules apply. No personal attacks, threats, or hate speech will be tolerated in the chat room at any time. If you commit to these acts, you will be removed from the chat room and your chat will be deleted. Also, if we're using a phone line, the same rules apply. This is a roundtable discussion broadcast, so please, no cross-talking during the broadcast. And finally... The use of media materials is protected by the Fair Use Clause of the U.S. Copyright Act of 1976, which allows for the rebroadcast of copyrighted materials for the purposes of commentary, criticism, education, and news reporting. Firefox News Online Productions and the News Division adhere to the criteria of the Fair Use Clause 100% across the board. The views and opinions that will be expressed in this broadcast are that of myself and those who join me, and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of anyone else for this broadcasting service. And now, it's time for Firefox News Online. Pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. And now, America, it is time for Talking Points. The views and opinions expressed in Talking Points are that of the host and the host alone, and do not reflect the views and opinions of anyone else for this broadcasting service. Good evening and welcome to Firefox News Online. It is time, as you just heard, as always, for Talking Points. You know, many of the things we've talked about over the course of this year, a lot of it had to do with politics. A lot of it had to do with politics. And 
over the course of this year, especially leading up to the uh, presidential election, I think we can safely say without fear of contradiction that somewhere along the line, we, we, we when I say we, I mean myself and those who joined me calling in, I think we discussed everything there is to discuss, even though there's more to be revealed. And with the help of my callers, I've been able to ascertain some of the simple and most basic problems in our government today. Let me share with you my observations on our government as it stands. First of all, for those of you who are kind of not into the politics thing, I get that. I do understand that. And there's no shame in that. But I think America... If you're not following politics, if you're not talking about politics, maybe you should be, because at the very least, we, we have an obligation uh, to ourselves, uh, to uh, everyone around us, and I think now more than ever, it becomes necessary to discuss that which can affect us. That's what this broadcast is all about. Now, I don't take a lot of pride in how things go when things go rough, when things go a little awry, as they did during the Obama years, when Barack Obama held the presidency hostage and our nation hostage for eight years. Now we are poised to see it happen all over again. We are poised to see Joseph R. Biden take the reins of the White House, destroy everything that President Trump has successfully accomplished, all of the good that he has done, and just flush it down the toilet. Now, during those Obama years, I had an image that I would use, and it's called Voice of the Resistance. I did a modified version of that, called the Voice of the Resistance, and in behind a no symbol is Joe Biden's face, just like Obama's was. I firmly believe that we, the American people, are the voice of the resistance. We have every right to speak our minds. We have every right to say what is on our hearts. And while social media tends to give us heartburn, and lots of it, over our freedom of speech rights, they need to remember these tech giants, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Google, which owns YouTube, and Google is owned by Alphabet Inc. Uh, so let's be clear on something. As far as I'm concerned, and as far as anyone should be concerned, what is happening in our nation, we have a right to speak on. YouTube blatantly will take down any video that does not conform to their standards, their terms of service. In other words, if you talk about the election, if you bring up election fraud, uh, voter fraud, and so forth, the video gets taken down, your channel gets shut off, and you're basically told, Welcome to America. Spelled this a K instead of the C. As far as you are concerned, you do not have the right to freedom of speech. If you use Facebook, Twitter, Google, and YouTube, 
they will find you and take your recordings of video down. You will conform, you will obey, or you will pay the consequences. This is the kind of stuff that, uh, honestly, I expect to hear coming from the Biden administration, or should I say, the coming Biden dictatorship, if, in fact, he ends up getting inaugurated on January 20th. And yet we sit here comfortable in our homes, but come January 20th, and in the days that follow, your comfort level may turn sour. Your very freedoms, our very freedoms, could be lost. Not that the Constitution is going to go away, it just won't matter. If the Constitution is virtually, not physically, shredded in light of Democrat rule, well, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but those who voted for Joe Biden will have brought it on themselves and upon the rest of America. We cannot afford, now or ever, to have our freedoms destroyed. If Senators Perdue and Loeffler are unsuccessful in their victory come January 5th, and they end up losing to Democrats upon his inauguration, if Biden is successful, in the days that follow, I'm sure executive orders will be signed, laws will be written, if they haven't been already, and they will, in effect, write gun control laws that will, that will not only figuratively, but physically, see our guns taken from us. If you think I'm kidding, watch in the days and months ahead. If you think I'm joking, if Purdue and Loeffler lose their seats and the Democrats take over the Senate, that means they will have the Senate, the Congress, and the White House, and our Second Amendment will be worthless. Now, I won't give up my weapon without a fight. And I know many of you out there won't either. But let's face reality. We could end up dying as a result of standing up for the Second Amendment. Well, enough about that. Let me go back to what our freedom of speech is going to mean in a Biden administration. You do not have freedom of speech. You do not get to say anything against the president or the government. Those of you who do will pay a serious price, and that is all you need to know. And as of whatever day he decides to sign it, the president has signed a decree declaring that everyone in the country must wear a mask or face serious consequences. And yes, I'm using an accent, and yes, I'm being a little sarcastic, as I've said many times, sarcasm is a wonderful thing when used in moderation. But I don't do it in moderation on this broadcast. Anyway, I digress. Let's face the reality. Joe Biden will make sure that we don't get a say in anything. Joe Biden and the Democrats will make sure that we, the people, don't even get heard when it comes to a petition of the government for redress of grievances. As far as the Democrats are concerned, we're nothing but a bunch of fucked up peons that they can walk all over, that they can step on at the drop of a hat. And let's face it, 
That's the way Democrats think. The liberal mind is a terrible thing to waste. That's why they don't have any brain cells. Keep that in mind, folks. Seriously. Hashtag FFNOP. Hashtag FFNOP. Trend tonight's broadcast all over the globe on social media right now. And that includes the following. Parlor, MeWe, Gab, and yeah, the other social media platforms too, I guess. And with that having been said, it is now time, as always, for the rest of the story. Okay, I'm going to guess that my talking points just ended. They did. Tonight's turning into a very strange night, folks. My Keurig just decided to, for whatever reason, lock up. <sighs> Nothing is the way it should be. But it's Wednesday. <laughs> and it's been hump, humped day. Ugh. All right. One of these days I'm going to learn. One of these days. When, I don't know, but... All I can say is, yikes. Anyway, good <laughs> I know, I'm being, I'm being a goofball. But, I'm allowed. I know those of you who are watching on the video platforms are seeing the American flag... there. Now then, of course, joining me in the chat room on Mixler is Gunslinger. And of course, watching on the video platforms, one of them so far, I've got Cherokee Rose hanging out with us on Periscope. Me. What's up, folks? And, uh, of course, you can join us for the discussions tonight. Live, large, and definitely in charge at 347-945-5747. Ah. While I await... The lines to start ringing. There is growing numbers in the Senate, and I believe now in the Congress, uh, to challenge the Electoral College vote. Now, 
between you and me and the lamppost, however, that's a good thing. I want to see this challenge. All right? Here goes nothing. Now, why is that? Oh, my Keurig is being temp is being very strange. I better get ready to. switch cups here because I got a feeling it's gonna do the it's gonna do the messy thing on me. Uh, and again maybe not. Hmm. That's odd. My Keurig is still hmm. Very peculiar. Also very disturbing. I can say is Keurig is being temperamental. Well, just have to see what's going on. I got a feeling it's there's a there's a there's a glitch in it. You know, folks, it's everyday life. And that's par for the course. I'm going to have to shut it down completely, cold shut down, just like a computer. And see what happens. Anyway, folks, the Firefox News Online Kitchen is being in its usual strange best. We'll have to see what happens when we attempt the we attempt to run water through it, which is what you hear the clacking sound right now. Anyway, I've got coffee. Good. So now let's get back to the business at hand, what we are here to talk about. I know. A host should never talk about something so mundane as what's happening in their kitchen with their devices. But hey, stuff happens. 
So, okay. I see Gunslinger has joined me on the phone lines. Howdy, Gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, yo, it's a uh, wet one down here. It's been raining off and on all day. And supposed to all night. And tomorrow. Lovely. And they're saying we're supposed to get some rain here ourselves. Uh, let me catch my breath. Holy mackerel. Been on the go all day today. Um, now, I'm disappearing on camera. Hmm. Very peculiar. Let's see if I fix that with a little extra light. And then again, maybe not. <laughs> it's just one of those days. Yeah, we're supposed to get rain here as well over the next couple of days. Supposed to start today, but I got a feeling it won't start till tomorrow. Eh, whatever. I've got no real plans to go anywhere. In fact, uh, if I can get to the store before the rain hits, however, okay, which would be nice, I will attempt the impossible and take a walk up to the store so I can get at least get a gallon of cow. Oh, bossy, you're dried up. Just like the Democrat Party. Anyway. Um, yeah, it's, it's one of those days today. Let me switch my mics here. There, now. So, the, the one thing that I kind of get the, the strange feeling about, Gunslinger, is that, you know, we've got uh, a lot of politicians, like I said, you know, a lot of senators, and now it looks like possibly another congressman uh, joining the to challenge the electoral college count when it happens on June on January 6th. I almost said June 6th. Oh boy, I'm really out. My day has been one of so it kind of goes with the job, you know. It's not just a job, it's an adventure. Oh, but before we, of, not to interrupt you. Go ahead. Uh, uh, yeah, not to interrupt you, but speaking of the adventure, you know, uh, the adventure of a three-hour tour. You know, oh, I was just about, about to bring that up, Gunslinger. You, 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 you read my mind. I was just, I, I was just about to open the story too. She, she, she was my babe, man. Goddamn, growing up. Oh my God, fuck. Oh, I know. Her she she was a sweetheart. Had, she really was. Hard to believe she was eighty two years old. About, wow, yeah, I couldn't. Either. I had wet dreams about her when I was growing up. Jesus Christ, that's what they do all the time. <laughs> well, let me tell you something. Growing up, you and I are of the same generation. We're from the same generation. 
about a, maybe a year apart, maybe less, maybe more, depending on how you look at it. Uh, but Dawn Wells uh, was certainly she she had a, a very unique personality. She uh, she had this uh, incredible zest for for life and. Uh, her career in 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 Hollywood certainly uh, to some might not have been all that all that uh, you know all that illustrious, but you know she did she did fairly well for herself, I think. Um, but let me get to this uh, to to what happened here. For those of you who are who may already be aware of it, and those of you who may not be, Dawn Wells, who played uh, Marianne on the successful and very comical 1960s Gilligan's Island uh, has passed away at the age of of 82. Uh, according to Newsmax.com, uh, Dawn Wells, who played the wholesome Mary Ann, among a misfit band of shipwrecked castaways on the 1960s sitcom Gilligan's Island, died Wednesday of causes related to COVID-19. Her publicist, her publicist said, and again, I, 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 she was 82 years old, Wells died peacefully at a living facility in Los Angeles, according to publicist Harlan Bull. There is so much more to Dawn Wells than the Gilligan's, Gilligan's Island character that brought her fame, Bull said in a statement. Besides TV, film, and stage acting credits, her other real-life roles included teacher and motivational speaker. Born in Reno, Nevada, Wells represented her state in the 1959 Miss America pageant and quickly pivoted to an acting career. Her early TV roles came on shows including 77 Sunset Strip, Maverick, and Bonanza. Then came Gilligan's Island, a goofy, good-natured show that became an unlikely but indelible part of pop culture. Dawn Wells, who played Marianne on Gilligan's Island, dead at the age of 82. You know, I'm, I'm sorry that, you know, that, that such a wonderful woman has passed because... Even at 82 years of age, she, she seemed to have a lot going on. I mean, why she was in a, uh, uh, a facility like this, uh, a living facility in Los Angeles, uh, could be because of her age, because of, you know, because of other uh, situations in, in, in her life. But I think there's a lot to be said for this incredible actress. Uh, you and I, as you pointed out, you know, we grew up watching this woman on TV on Gilligan's Island. And I think uh, for anyone in our age bracket who grew up watching Gilligan's Island, and even those who... Uh, who in the generations that followed it, watching the reruns gunslinger certainly uh, got to know the characters got to know the show uh, the 
they they got to see uh, a very campy but very lovable uh, show in, in in the respects that. Yeah, some of the some of the stuff they they did and went through was pretty goofy. I'll grant you that. But hey, Dawn Wells she loved playing the part of Marianne. She 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 loved the character, she loved the show. Um was there a lot of uh sadness involved with the show itself? Uh I remember watching a, uh, an interview with her uh, some years ago where she talked about uh, Natalie Schaefer, who played Mrs. Howell, and how she talked about Ms. Natalie Schaefer at the time while the series was going on, she was dealing with cancer, uh, Natalie Schaefer was. Uh, and she was much older than her physical appearance uh, led on. But what Dawn Wells said of her uh, spoke volumes of her respect for this woman. Uh, she thought she, she was very courageous. She was willing to work even when she didn't feel good. She was willing to put her best foot forward. And uh, that's what inspired Dawn Wells uh, to really, you know, work with her on the series. And she found that in that uh, res that respect for Natalie Schaefer, she also respected herself because she felt that she learned something from this from this actress who uh, who suffered with, with health issues during the run of Gilligan's Island. Um, she spoke of Jim Backus, who played Mister, who played Thurston Howell III. Okay said that Jim Backus was a lot of fun to work with. Uh, never once uh, really uh, kind of, you know, getting grumpy. The one that got grumpy, though, at times on the set, actually the two people that did, was uh, the man who played Gilligan, and of course... Uh, uh, Russell Johnson, who played the professor, at times they, you know, they would get a little disgruntled. They would get up, uptight, but they didn't, you know. She, according to her, she she said that they didn't really show it as much. Um, the one actor on the whole of the whole group, Dawn Wells spoke of with fondness was, of course, uh, Alan Hale, Jr., who played the skipper. She admired him uh, because of his acting career and certainly uh, thought very highly of him. Uh, and when she was struggling at times, Alan Hale Jr. went to her aid and helped her immensely, she said. So Dawn Wells learned a lot from these, uh, from these folks. And in her career, though short-lived as it was, uh, Dawn Wells certainly... Uh, became iconic and identifiable with the character of Marianne. Um, and I got to say, she had some, she had a serious looking set of legs that she was very gorgeous. Uh, 
I can safely say that as a, as a boy growing up, yes, she kind of made me uh, feel certain things that I should not have felt at that age, but it certainly was understandable considering she was yowza, yowza. You know what I'm saying, Gun? Well, you know, I can't leave out the gender, ginger, ginger, Tina Louise. Oh, the, the, the Tina Louise, living, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she's the only living member now. And she was 83 in 2017, so what is she now? 86, 85, 86? Wow. Yeah, about 85, 86. She's that old. Yeah, she's about the same age as the other one, Don Wells. Believe it or not, Dawn Wells actually was a was actually uh, considered for the role of Ginger Grant originally. Did you know that? Wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. Huh? She turned it down because she didn't feel she was glamorous enough for the role. Oh, wow. And the and actually the original actress who was considered for the part of. Ginger Grant was not Tina Louise. It turns out it was another actress, and I can't remember that actress's name to save my life, and I'm, I'm, I probably could look it up real fast, but the thing is, you know, here you have... Uh, Another the only surviving actor actor from the from the show Gilligan's Island is being Tina Louise. Um, she was replaced, I believe, in one of the TV movies that they did. Um, I think it was Rescue from Gilligan's Island that she actually was involved in, but not any of the others, and. Uh, when they did that spinoff of Gilligan's Island, you know, where they turned the island into a resort, that was short-lived. Mm-hmm. And Tina, I believe Tina Louise didn't want anything to do with it. And I think Dawn Wells was involved in that. I'm not sure. But it was, I think it was everyone well, then, you know, except Tina Louise. Yeah, sure. If you go up and look up that show, I just did it on the other on my laptop here. Man, there's it shows where the uh, the island was actually located was in Hawaii. I didn't know that. And there's somebody in Canada that actually, I guess, still owns the SS Minnow. I didn't know that either. <laughs> yeah the the wow. the original boat, the SS Minnow, uh, was bought decades ago by somebody and i think I, i'm surprised you know years ago and, and this guy actually still has it um i don't know if it if it's the ss minnow with the hole in the side of, of the ship or if it was the one that, that was docked at in in hawaii because they they actually filmed a lot of the exterior shots uh at the docks in hawaii um mm-hmm. They, 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 the island, yeah, that's that's a that's part of the Hawaiian Islands. Which one? I don't know. I never could find out. Hey, listen, if you find out, you let me know, okay? I'd be very curious to find that uh, out. Uh, pop it in here. 
Hey, Mike from Louisiana is in the chat room on Mixler. What's up, Mike? So, um, you joining us, or you, or, or, or you just gonna sit and listen? Ah, it says not much in regards to the question of what you know, what's up and all that. Yeah, that's the way it is here. You know, one of the things that that I found interesting about the show was all the the all the crazy things that they did as far as the gadgets were concerned. Okay, Gunslinger put this in the chat room, and I'm going to try and read this because it's, you know what, why don't I just do this? Let me put it uh, in a Word document where I can actually read it better. The island you see in the distance at the beginning uh, theme of the second and third season is an actual island called Coconut Island or Mokalau. I think I pronounced that right. It is located in Oahu's Kanoa Bay and is the home of the Institute of Marine Biology. Uh, the first season island seen in the distance is an island in the Bahamas called Sandy Cay. Uh, Cay spelled C-A-Y. Wow. I didn't know that. <laughs> Me know either. I, I had no idea. Uh, <laughs> wow, that is, too, man. You see, come to Firefox News Online and get and, and and learn something new about a show that that you may have watched growing up. So, yeah, that's really. Not that I'll remember it, mind you, but. <laughs> and here's here's another one, the crazy information. I'm just scrolling through what, you know, the different things about Gilligan's Island. Gilligan was always named, uh, we always heard Gilligan. You know what his, his first name was? Willie. Willie Gilligan. <laughs> you know, at it. I it, through the whole run of the show, they only called him Gilligan. Yeah, but his actual state, I guess stage name was Willie Gilligan. I'm reading it right here. <laughs> wow. Weird. Yeah, they, they in, in one of the movies, I think it was uh, Rescue from Gilligan's Island, um, Alan Hale Jr.'s character, the skipper, uh, they actually revealed his name on, on that TV movie. And um, they revealed Marianne's uh, character name, of course. Um, but I don't remember, I, I don't remember if they did with Gilligan or not. Um, but I know that the professor's name, Marianne, Marianne's name and, uh, the skip, the skipper, Marianne and the professor, all their names were actually revealed. Uh, now Cherokee Rose getting a chuckle out of something moments ago. 
after her after her little bit of laughter, uh, put in the following comment: Marianne was her favorite character on the show. Um, well, she was my favorite character, but not for the reasons mo that that most people uh, had her as a favorite character. I'm trying to behave myself. I know that's not going to happen, but <laughs> you get the general idea without me having to say it. I was a little boy growing up. Hello. Need I say more? No, I better not. Uh, so it's kind of catch-22. The the irony in this though, Gunslinger, is um I had heard rumors. I don't know how true this is, and I would I, I haven't been able to find anything out uh online or not in regards to this. Oh, excuse me. But um supposedly there was going to be a a series remake. Of Gilligan's Island. Mm. And I'm sorry, but if you're thinking of remaking Gilligan's Island, don't. Okay? Classics like that, no. I, I don't don't even do it. Um I don't think you'd ever be able to replace the characters as they was in the in the original, you know. The TV shows. I just don't think you get everybody to replace them. You know, they're one, one in a, one in a million, zillion maybe. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I, I think I think you're right, Gunslinger. It is one. Of, the show was one in a million. Uh, it, it had it had it had its own unique charm and comedic style that that can never be uh, improved upon or replicated in our lifetime, if ever. Um, one of the, one of the sad realities is that, uh, there have been movie remakes you know, of, of different, different movies and stuff. Like for example, they did a, they did a, a, an updated version of Mad Max. Okay. Which I thought was pretty pathetic. Uh, the only, um, the only, uh, the only movies that, you know, had any significance to them were the James Bond films because they did have to, they, eventually they had to change actors to play the character of James Bond. Um, but the most recognized face, the only, actually the two most recognized James Bonds in the history of the franchise was Sean Connery and... Um, uh, what's his name? Um, Robert Moore. So, when you have recognized uh, actors like that in, in in a title role such as such as James Bond, they become iconic. But each actor brought something unique to the character to make it to make the character theirs. So in that respect, yes, absolutely, uh, I can understand with the James Bond franchise. But when it comes to remaking a TV series, no. 
believe it or not, Netflix has. Right. Do you remember the series One Day at a Time? One Day at a Time. Yep. Okay. Pat Harrington played the uh, yep. the ma- the maintenance man. Well, they did a re- Netflix has a remake of uh, of um, One Day at a Time. Bonnie Franklin, uh, who passed away some years ago, uh, played the mother on that series, and she was iconic with it. She truly was. When you make when you make an all new version of it, it. It, it, it's I'm sorry it's 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 a it, it's a very pathetic it thing to do yeah it's just not the same thing I mean you're never going to be able to remake these shows like you know Andy Griffin you know and uh, or I love Lucy okay or Dick Van Dyke man I grew up watching them fucking shows when I was growing up oh my god shit oh yeah, Dick Van Dyke TV at the time but, oh yeah all, yeah. You know, oh, all, I mean, hey, listen. Every time he tripped over that awning, I was like, I, I would just die laughing. No matter how many times I saw him oh, do yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Mike's here on the line with us from Louisiana. Howdy, Mike. But we we some we we some old well, yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, look, you're not gonna be able to remake Ala Lucy. You're not gonna be able to remake that. You're not gonna be able to remake one day at one day at a time. You're not gonna be able to remake uh, uh, good times. Happy, the Je- Happy days. The Jeffersons. Happy know, days. Happy, Happy days. days. No, none of that. Now the closest thing they, the closest thing they have had in my mind to turning a TV show into a movie is the Adams Family. Yeah. Yes and no. I mean, don't get me wrong. I thought the Adams Family movie was okay, but it wasn't anything like the series. Oh yeah, and then. I just, uh, George, I just recently, I didn't know, I didn't know this actually existed until I sought it out on YouTube, but they did a, a Leave it to Beaver, basically it would have been a backdoor pilot, but it was a Leave it to Beaver movie with Jerry Mathers, but it was, it was a movie that had him all grown up and all that stuff, you know, and Apparently, it was supposed to have been a backdoor pilot for a TV show, but nobody, you know, uh, nobody kind of, it didn't draw enough ratings for them to continue it, if you get what I'm saying. So, that, then there's things like that. I mean, yeah, you've had you've had things like the A-Team, you know, that, 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 they did, and they, uh, other things like that. But you're not, you're not gonna get. But that, that's, that's an easily, that's an easily remade thing. I mean, you get a tough guy to play the Mr. T role. You get a pretty boy to play the, you know, the, uh, the Dirk Benedict role. You know, his face. You know, that type of thing. You get, you get anybody to play the Murdoch role, the, the Howling Mad Murdoch role, 
which basically, if you understood the A Team, George, that that show, that role was he was faking it, you know, to not go to not go to the stockade. He faked being crazy so that he'd be put into an insane asylum, you know, because the, the the big joke on that series was they all. When they had a mission, they had to break him out of the insane asylum to uh, to go on whatever mission they had to go on it in in the TV show. So that that can be, and it was pretty much pretty good, pretty pretty easily remade in my mind. But but like you said. Uh, good times, these these type of shows, and some of these comedies, especially, especially if the comedy has a person's name on it, like I don't know, like the Cosby Show. There's no way you could rena- re- remake that. You know, there's no way you could remake Leave It to Beaver in any meaningful way. There's no way you could remake, uh, uh, like like I said, the Cosby Show. Um, uh, take your pick. I mean, they tried with the Dukes of Hazard. I don't think they did a. I think they did an all right job. They didn't do a great job. They did an all right job with it, especially with um, what's his name, the country star, Char- not Charlie, not Charlie Daniels. Oh shoot. Uh, Willie Nelson. Willie Nelson and what's her name? Chris, not Christina Aguilera. Um, the blonde-headed chick that played Daisy Duke in the movie. Um, yeah, I, I can't remember the name of her. Her name myself, off the top of my head. But that don't forget that was right. not a, that was not a TV series. That was actually a movie, uh, which they were trying to capitalize on the fame of the Dukes of Hazard. Uh, right. Which, Really didn't. I mean, it was okay, but it, it wasn't the greatest. I mean, seriously, it was not the greatest. Don't they, get, and don't get me started with some of the some of the cartoons from when I grew up that try they try to make uh, movies out of. You know, Transformers. Michael Bay is horrible. The trans the Transformers franchise is horrible. The GI Joe franchise. The second, the second edition of the GI Joe movie, GI Joe Retaliation, was all right. Retaliation. You mean, you mean Rise of Cobra? To do with the movies, huh? Don't you mean uh, GI oh, Joe Rise of Cobra? Yeah, the second one had the Rock in it, and had you know a, a couple of the big name stars in it. Um, yeah. Rise of Cobra. Uh, Rise of Cobra was the first one. Uh, Retaliation was the second one, I think. I think I'm pretty much right on that. But, yeah, some of of these things that they've done, they've tried to remake into movies. Just don't, don't pass. They just don't. You know, and it's... No, they don't. It's terrible to say that to these. They don't live up to the original 
quite the way they thought they would. No, and, and I think I think the sad reality is, um, and I and Cherokee Rose uh, watching on Periscope said it best: uh, the remakes are usually never as good as the classics. It's just that simple. And uh, you know, I, I agree with her wholeheartedly because the simple fact is, when they when they did it wasn't a remake. So it was actually a new a new telling of the Superman franchise uh, when they did Lois and Clark, the New Adventures of Superman, uh, with Dean Cain and Terry Hatcher. Uh, when they did that um, at the time, uh, I thought it, I thought it was it was very well done. It was not a remake of the Adventures of Superman, which starred George Reeves. So it was actually a nice, uh, a nice twist on, uh, on Siegel and Schuster's uh, iconic character. Um, they kept true to the uh, to the initial plot. You know, he gets sent to Earth, uh, and Krypton explodes. Uh, Jonathan and Martha Kent find him, in a, you know, find him, adopt him, raise him, the whole bit. Um, he goes to work for the Daily Planet. Lois is clueless. <laughs> they stay, they kept to the the simple premise, but they they did it in such a way with the with the stories and everything. They did it very very close to the vest, but the stories were all fresh. They were new. Um, of course, you had better uh, stunts and uh, better uh, and better uh, camera angles. The whole bit. Especially when it came to uh, the flying scenes, I mean, everything was just spot on. Uh, what what didn't what also as a remake though in though in the movies uh, was the Batman franchise until they decided until they decided, and I'm going to bet you can guess. When they put George Clooney in the bat suit. I'm sorry. When they put George Clooney in the bat suit, it flopped. Then you had uh, Batman Returns, The Dark Knight, and all that other stuff. Uh, no. At some point, you got to say enough's enough. You can't keep... Putting people in the bat suit, changing the the format of the of the premise, and hope that it's going to fly. <laughs> Even Cherokee Rose uh, uh, said that uh, Lois and Clark was a was a cute show, and yeah, it was, and it had some some rather lighthearted moments uh, written in there as well. So, yeah, it was very good. All right, let me get to the nitty gritty here. Of what we do and what we do so well around here. Um, wait, 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 wait. Uh, oh, what did I want to start with here? Oh, this. Now, check this out. Two New Mexico mega churches 
were fined for holding packed Christmas Eve services. Good God. <laughs> yeah. Tell me about it. This is ridiculous. I'm sorry. This is getting out of hand. And wait till you hear how much the fines were. You're going to love this, folks. Two megachurches in Albuquerque, New Mexico, were slapped with $10,000 fines for allegedly violating coronavirus safety protocols during Christmas Eve services, according to NBC News. Uh, of course, we know what NBC News stands for. Neurotic bullshit company. But I'll, I'll save my comments for after I read this. According to authorities, the quote-unquote pro-virus clergy did not follow the state's rules, which limits houses of worship to 25% capacity. Videos and pictures of Christmas Eve services at Legacy Church and Calvary Church showed tightly packed worshipers, lar largely without masks. Again, according to the National Bullshit Company. New Mexico Governor Michelle Grisham said the services could cause a mass spread of the virus. In violating both the state public health order and common sense, these two churches and their leaders endangered the lives, livelihoods, and health of not only their parishioners, but their entire communities. And given how quickly this virus can spread, potentially our state as a whole. Uh, this is what Grisham said in a statement. According to state data, just over 2,400 people in the state have died because of coronavirus so far. John Hopkins University School of Medicine data shows, as of Wednesday, New Mexico residents over the past seven days are testing positive for the virus at a rate of about 8.25%. We all wish this pandemic were over, but it's not, and no pro-virus pastor may deem it so, Governor Grisham said. So many New Mexicans have sacrificed and lost so much in this pandemic. These illegal and selfish gatherings will directly contribute to more suffering and illness in our state. These church leaders should reflect on the danger they've unleashed in their communities. Legacy Church did not deny the state's allegations. In a statement to NBC News, the church said authorities were exceeding their constitutional authority and were contra contradicting what we are called by... Called, <clears throat> Try that again, Georgie boy. <laughs> Let's see here. What we are called on by God to do. Okay? It's tragic that what we do for thousands of shut-ins, those in despair, and kids who go without meals gets no state notice. But fixation on one service can net us large fines, according to the church's statement. Okay, the National Bullshit Company. 
their 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 phrasing notwithstanding, of course, ten thousand dollar fines. Okay, look. I'll tell you right now. I'm getting sick and fucking tired of, of these governors acting like they're the ultimate authority. Uh, and I'm willing to bet Grisham is a Democrat. And of course, to try and find out, Yep, I called it like I, I'm, I'm like an umpire in baseball, folks. I called it like I saw it. She's a Democrat. Why am I not surprised? So, now this is not fair. I had I just closed my switchboard on my big broadcast computer good thing I have it open on the other computer so I can at least keep an eye on things there we go so Michelle Lujan Grisham the Democrat from hell has them find ten th has two mega churches in Albuquerque Find ten thousand dollars for for allegedly violating coronavirus safety protocols. This is getting out of hand. Whatever what has happened to the First Amendment, guys? I mean, is it me or or did somebody forget to tell these fuckheads uh, that the First Amendment? is very clear. Now it says Congress shall make no laws respecting the establish the establishment of religion or the free exercise thereof. Well if it applies to Congress, doesn't it apply to the states as well? I would think so. Uh Mike, starting with you, what are your thoughts on this man? Well apparently not because we know Democrats don't like the Constitution. Well, they like it in as much as they'll cite it when it suits their purposes, right? But generally speaking, they don't like the Constitution. And I'll put it to you this way. Why are you finding, uh, you know, why are you finding uh, these guys when, oh, wait a minute. We have Antifa and BLM doing riots and having thousands of people in the riot packed shoulder to shoulder with each other. And early on, they had no mask on. Uh, okay. Can we? Uh, I'm not. I'm not good with voices the way you are, George. But can we say hypocrite? Thank you, uh, Mr. Rogers. Oh, you, you want my cheesy, not-so-spot-on uh, impression of Mr. Rogers. 
Of course, he didn't have a, a, a furry face like I do these days, but I think we can get away with it just this once. Maybe twice. Hello, neighbors. Can you say hypocrites? Sure. I know you can. That's what they are. Democrats are hypocrites. We knew that. But hey, I don't think the Democrats get it. It's like, cuckoo, cuckoo, cuckoo. Snap the fingers. You will comply and you will do as you are told because we are the government and we say what you do and what you do not do. If you do not comply, you will be fined or even thrown in prison. Yavol? You know, they called President Trump a Nazi, but it's the Democrats who are acting like the Nazi party of new. Gunslinger? What do you think, brother? Well, it's no longer it's no longer about this bug called the China bug. China virus, coronavirus, what the fuck ever you want to call it. Now they graduated from that to tyrants, control freaks. Okay, they're going to try to shut these businesses down and find these churches and all this great and wonderful shit. Just like Mike said, these writers can go out. Writers can go out there and write and kill and and destroy property and all this bullshit. Topless bars, city bars. They can stay open, no problem. Liquor stores can stay open, no problem. You know how many hundreds and hundreds, probably a thousand people per day come into a liquor store? Pick one, okay? <laughs> They're all over Dallas up there. I mean, but yet, the church, no. That goes to show you how evil these Democrats have become. Because they are evil, okay. There, you know, if you don't believe that there is a battle between evil and good, you know, like Joe Biden being the evil little bastard and Trump being on the good side, okay, uh, you got nothing coming, son. You miss something in school, you better go back and relearn a few things, okay? Because I thought the I thought the Congress was the only person that could make laws. They are self-dictating fucking laws, which are meaningless. But here's a pro here's another problem. Since there's no guts in churches anymore, they have become pussies. I'm sorry, but they have. Okay. They will bend over and say, Mr. Mr. Government, don't stick it in too far, baby. Okay. <laughs> you, know, you know why? <laughs> you know why? Because they have become the that five oh one three C tax exempt status. They don't want to lose their tax exempt their tax exempt stuff. So, oh, yes, daddy, daddy government, daddy government, yes, ah, yes. Just don't stick it in too far. You still need a loo, bear, you know, but, but we'll, we will, we'll comply. Boy, they got a, they got a first row seating in hell, I guarantee it. 
Go ahead. Well, the the five hundred one C three status uh, that's that's on the federal side, as I recall, and the you know the tax exempt status is is under under a federal uh, is under federal guidelines. Now they're they, they can be they can lose their their tax exempt status in the state level, but not the federal level. Um, personally, I think that if they if they go after a church uh, to take away their their five hundred one c three tax exempt status, uh, that to me would be well un- one the most sickening and childish action to take because you know churches were deemed essential. But at the state level, unfortunately, states' rights come into play here, and this is where the devil's advocate gets put in there. Uh, when you're talking about a, a uh, you know capacity level being exceeded and stuff like that, okay, what what law really? Heard that yeah. one loud and clear. Darcy blows. Darcy <laughs> blows. Off the port beam. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. You know, especially if you've got churches like Joel Olstein and like uh, uh, what's his name in San Antonio, um, John Hagee, you know, that are at least 10,000 people you know, and it's like, okay, you're gonna, you're gonna try and shut those people up. Yeah, there are times when I watch the, the different, the, the two different guys, and I'm seeing they've had a lot less people. In in other words, a lot less than standing room only in those churches, and it's very, it's, it's very noticeable when they do have that stuff because you know it's a 10, 12, 15,000 seat auditorium, you know, you know, and I think that's what we're talking about here with this, with this democratic governor going after this mega church. It's, it's not, it's not a, it's not a small church like the one I go to that's barely got, you know, there's a 250 capacity, but we barely get to, you know, 40 people, you know, at times, so 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 then there's that. They feel like they well, like Glenn says, "Oh, big government is coming in the getcha." Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, think about it. What was one of the first things that Hitler shut down in World War Two? The churches, right? That's what all these totalitarian guys, all they go after, you know, that's what they do. I mean, what did, uh, when, when the British first came over uh, in the 1770s, what did they do? They First they shut down the church, then they, then they uh, the shut, tried to shut down the churches because that's where all the fomenting of the revolution was, a lot of, the revolution was happening and was in these churches over 
over here, and and they went around and took away the metals for you know making musket balls and stuff like that. But but that's what they did. They shut down. They tried to shut down the churches. That's that's one of the first thing totalitarian things that the, these totalitarianists do. They go after the churches. Hell, look at the persecution that goes on in China. You know. Thank you, George. Yeah, and 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 there and here, yeah, right? Yeah, good, good, good point with the with the with the persecution in China. You know, and what about the what about the, the Roman Catholic Church? What about the Episcopal Church? Okay, mm-hmm. in in New York City, you've got two cathedrals. St. Patrick's for the Roman Catholic Church, and you've got Saint, the, the Cathedral of St. John the Divine. Now, I've been inside both cathedrals. They are massive. They are huge. Okay? Uh, when I went to St. John the Divine's Cathedral in New York City, uh, back in my youth, I went there for what was called the Choir and Acolyte Festival. And you had choirs and acolytes from all over the state converging on this cathedral. Okay? Try and do that today, and it's and, and it's like, you, you, no, you can't. Because they, you know, they're... they're, they're they're being pretty much told, no, you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't, can't, can't. And I'm willing to bet that if I were to go to Peekskill, my hometown right now, if I were to go on, say, a Sunday morning and go to that church, it would be, the capacity wouldn't be anywhere near what it used to be. At one time before the pandemic hit so when you've got democrat governors putting down these edicts you know limiting the capacity and then finding the churches okay you find a church that's despicable i'm sorry i don't care what anybody says that is outright disgusting People want to be able to, to, to gather together, worship as they choose, and so forth. Now, what I'm about to say, people are not going to want to hear, they're not going to like it, but I'm going to say it anyway. What about the, what about the mosques? Are they regulating the mosques like they do all the other the other uh, places? Probably not. At the risk of being called anti-Islamic or Islamophobes and so forth. So they're probably not even being touched. But let it be a synagogue for, for, for the Jewish faith. Let it be a, 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 a church for the Christian faith. And they're they're attacked, and this these two mega churches in Albuquerque, New Mexico, getting hit with a ten thousand dollar fine. 
please, give me a break. This is sickening. And, and George, yeah. frankly, all you got to do is look at look at what happened what happened with Curious Joe up there in New York. I believe that's the name of the place, right? Where all the Jews, where all the ascetics live. Uh, Curious Joe. They would mm-hmm. they were told by in no uncertain terms to shut your church services down. And they say, well, fuck you, Como, and we're going to have our church services and our weddings and our funerals and this and that and that, and we're going to, and we're going to congregate together, you know, in large numbers to have this stuff. They told Como to fuck, to fuck off, basically, you know, and yeah, they had, they had, they've had some problems with the 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 virus running kind of running rampant, but that's not due to just them congregating together. That's due to, I mean, their hygiene at times, from what I understand, there is not good. All right, but that's that's neither here nor there. We're talking for the cure for the purposes of this conversation. It's all about the church. Their their church services up there in Curious Joe, you know? And they they continue to have them. They flat out continue to have them, you know? So from what I, from, from what I understand now, and, and I think Cuomo has tried to do something about it, but, eh, you know, it's like, it's like we've heard from different places that that's a big... They have a big political. Those the, the Jews in New York have a big political. Uh, uh, what do you want to call it? They they have a, a, a large voter, a very large uh, voter base. I think that's yes. the, what you're what you're looking for is voter base. Yeah, in voter the Jewish base, community yeah. of New York City and and and, and in the state in general. They're a very large voter base. And he is alienating that voter base with his actions. So yeah. It's it's no surprise uh, that well, he would that he's quick, doing here, here's a picture. Here, here's, here's a picture right here. I just popped pop the chat in the chat room. Or there it is. Yeah. Um, this this is this 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 is the, the flex what's going on. It's just Biden and Trump facing off, but look who's standing behind them. You, you be the judge, okay? You don't tell me there's a battle for good and evil. Shit, you better go back to church, or you better go back to school. You better go back somewhere, or you miss something. And this Biden represents the Democrats, don't he? Trump represents the good people, conservatives, and stuff like that. You tell me that that ain't true. Bullshit. It's right along what you're saying. <clears throat> Oh, I'm going to show that picture in a second. Uh, folks, this is what uh, Gunslinger was is talking about. Uh, for those of you watching on the video platforms, you have, it's an artist's rendition of Trump face-to-face with Biden. 
behind President Trump in the light is an image of Christ. Behind Biden, an image of Satan. Which one would you rather have in the White House? I think it's a pretty, e pretty easy, uh, a pretty easy thing to 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 say which one you would want. I want the man on the left, man who's got God in his corner. I don't want the man who's 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 uh, basically, you know, got the devil himself standing behind him, going, "Yes, you will. You will do my bidding. Yes, you will do my bidding." The unfortunate side is you, know, you never know what to expect. You know, uh, yeah. You know, George, you said he has the he has the image of the devil behind him. You mean he has the image of George Soros? <laughs> you know, that, that could very well be George Soros's true face, you know. Um, there's no way of knowing, though. You know, it's hard to say, but uh, you know. Uh, well, you could you, you you could you can replace Biden with with George Soros, uh, Maxi Pad Waters, AOC, uh, Frankenstein, any of them. They they are the they are the devil in disguise. You know that. I mean, look at the shit that they want to do. I mean, really. And, and these these uh, democratic governors of these states and, and cities and stuff, you know, like your buddy up there, what's his name, Como, Kumo, Humo, that fuck up, DNA fuck up. Okay, they're good for late term abortions. Doesn't matter five minutes before the baby's born, uh, you can go in there and rip it up and kill it. That's murder. That's already a formed human being, and you go in there and you murder it five minutes before. Birth? You tell me they ain't evil? Shit. Yeah, right. Sure. Go ahead. Yeah. I don't know what to say on uh, anymore. It's just you. You look at what Crazy. we're dealing with in this country, and and the way the Democrats act. It does. It, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they've got the devil in their pocket. Anyway. Gentlemen, moving right along here. Department of Justice advisor John Lott says Trump votes subtracted, Biden votes inflated. Check this out. Senior advisor to the Justice Department John Lott reveals voter fraud was rampant in this year's elections. In his new study, Lott revealed an unusual pattern of subtracting Trump votes from the final tally and adding excess votes to Joe Biden. He found more than 11,000 Trump votes were subtracted in Fulton County, Georgia, and another 
44,000 Trump votes were wiped out in Allegheny County, Pennsylvania. Lott also discovered that Biden received 289,000, quote-unquote, excess votes across five battleground states, and it's unclear where those votes come from. President Trump shared the study on Twitter. He said elections officials have gave Biden hundreds of thousands of fake votes. So, this advisor to the Justice Department, John Lott, uh, apparently showing, again, the, the level of extensive election and or voter fraud that took place in the 2020 election. But here we sit. It is... Uh, December 30th, 2020, it's 11.26 p.m. Here in, the, here in the East Coast, and we are just two days away from the new year. And we are still no closer to knowing how this is going to play out than we were the day after Election Day. It is my hope that this will provide, you know, that this study will provide the means by which the Justice Department actually gets involved and appoints a special counsel. It needs to be done and done quickly. Now, one of the items in here, this is from Twitter. A new lot study estimates 11,350 absentee votes lost to Trump in Georgia. Another 289,000 excess or fraudulent votes across Georgia, Arizona, Michigan, Nevada, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. Now, I'm opening up this... um, this item here. This is from papers.ssrn.com. A simple test for the extent of vote fraud with absentee ballots in the 2020 presidential election. Georgia and Pennsylvania data. This was posted on the 29th of December and last revised December 30th. And This is from John R. Lott, U.S. Department of Justice. And this is just an abstract, so let me uh, put this out there. This study study provides measures of vote fraud in the 2020 presidential election. It first compares Fulton County's precincts that are adjacent to similar precincts in neighboring counties that had no allegations allegations of fraud to isolate the impact of Fulton County's vote counting process, including potential fraud. In measuring the difference in President Trump's vote share of the absentee ballots for these adjacent precincts, we account for the difference in his vote share 
of the in-person voting and the difference in registered voters' demographics. The best estimate shows an unusual 7.81% drop in Trump's percentage of the absentee ballots for Fulton County alone of 11,350 votes, or over 80% of Biden's vote lead in Georgia. The same approach is applied to Allegheny County in Pennsylvania for both absentee and provisional ballots. The estimated number of fraudulent votes from those two sources is about 55,270 votes. Second, vote fraud can increase voter turnout rate. Increased fraud can take many forms. Higher rates of filing out of, excuse me, higher rates of filling out absentee ballots for people who hadn't voted, dead people voting, ineligible people voting, or even payments to legally registered people for their votes. However, the increase might not be as large as the fraud if votes for opposing candidates are either lost, destroyed, or replaced with ballots filled out for the other candidate. The estimates here indicate that there were 70,000 to 79,000 excess votes in Georgia and Pennsylvania, adding Arizona, Michigan, Nevada, and Wisconsin, the total increases to up to 289,000 excessive votes. Now, of course, again, this is just the abstract from from that uh, uh, from that. Now, it says here, John R. Lott, a simple test of extent of okay, um, extent of vote fraud with absentee ballots in the 2020 presidential election, Georgia and Pennsylvania data, and in parentheses, December 21st, 2020. Now, if I go to a link that's provided here, it's the same abstract. Okay, so what I just read gives you a gives you a fair idea of what Mr. Lott was talking about. So let's look at this. Let's look at this logically. The night of the election, on, on November 3rd, President Trump was leading, literally leading, but within 24 hours, his lead went from way up high to way down low and continued to topple as the days wore on. We saw, many of us who saw the video, and by the way, the video is available uh, on, my, on my Rumble account at, over at rumble.com, uh, which shows the, uh, the people being told at 10.30 that, you know, it's 10.30, we're going to shut down for the night, blah, blah, blah. All those folks, you know, the, the vote count observers and so forth, left 
but there was a handful of people still in the building and they reached under this table and pulled out these suitcases packed with votes and started counting them without Republican poll watchers present. Now, how in the hell can, can the courts deny that kind of evidence? They wouldn't even look at it. They wouldn't even look at the affidavits that were signed by eyewitnesses. All of this stuff adds up to one in, in incredibly simple solution or a, a simple answer. The Democrats committed election and voter fraud. And yet the electors were chosen they're, 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 the electors are going to go to uh, D.C. And on January 6th, the, vote, the electoral college vote count is going to take place. And that's when the, the all shit in hell is going to hit the fan. Mark my words. Now, according to information that I obtained earlier in the day, I believe... The, the entire process is going to start around 1 p.m. in the afternoon. I'm going to be checking a little bit more extensively over the next couple of days and so forth, and I'm going to be watching to see when exactly that, will, that process will actually start. When it does, Firefox News Online will carry in its entirety the electoral college vote count. You will see it in real time right here on this broadcast on the video platforms. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the most ex extraordinarily insane election in our, in our modern history and in my lifetime and in the lifetime of many Americans across the nation. So I am, I am going to say it now, when that happens, I will try to put word out as quickly as possible, and it will be shared on the video platforms. Be forewarned. There are those who will try to shut down many of the broadcasts, like mine, in an attempt to prevent us from seeing what's happening. And if that happens... Mark my words, I will be on the phone to the Department of Justice so fast it'll make their collective heads spin. But I don't think that's going to be the case. They don't want to risk a, a further scandalous situation to unfold. We'll just have to see what happens and play it by ear. Now, earlier in my, in my talking points, uh, well, let me just get to uh, some comments uh, from, from this, uh, from, from the uh, Periscope room. Uh, Trey O.L. says, election fraud is the um, is the American way. No, Trey. I'm sorry. I have to. Re I have to respectfully disagree with you. 
It is not the American way. Unless you happen to be a Democrat, in which case, then it's, as far as Democrats are concerned, it's the American way. But as an American citizen, as a man born, raised, and, and educated in this country, and at my and at the age of 57, I can safely say, without fear of contradiction, voter fraud is not the American way. It never was. And it never will be. So no, I, I, have, to, I have to adamantly disagree with you. Cherokee Rose on Periscope says, yep, he'll break loose no matter what they do, I think. Trey O.L. says the Democrats are an American institution that has always promoted the corruption. And yeah, there I will agree with you because they're a corrupt party. They have always been a corrupt party, except, and, I'm, and I'm, I will repeat this again for those who have not heard me say this before. Growing up in the 70s and becoming a voter 39 years ago, the Democratic Party was not as, cor as visibly corrupt as it is today. It was a lot different back then. But as the years went on, its corruption became more pronounced. Not as noticeable, but more pronounced. So, at the end of the day, when Bill Clinton made it to the White House, the scandals began and the corruption started to become more obvious. And from then on, it's been the DNC becoming as corrupt a party as there ever has been in America today. Now, Trey said, sure, George, you do that. We'll wait. And, hey, I will let you all know what, I, what, what is said by, if I get through to the DOJ. I'm not going to guarantee that I'll get through. But I'm going to try. If something happens where this broadcast gets interrupted, because the because nobody want, wants you to see the electoral college vote count, but the feeds that I will be using come directly from the Congress. Okay, it's a feed that is paid for by our tax dollars. Now, having said that. No news organization can claim copyright of it. So therein lies the, 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 the comfortable knowledge that it, will, it should not be interrupted or, or interfered with. Hopefully. CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, Newsmax, One American News, none of the cable news platforms can claim copyright of a congressional an actual congressional feed. C-SPAN can't even do that. Now, if it's C-SPAN and their cameras and all that, if it's Fox News and all of them, yeah, they could. But that's why I, I found I could use the congressional feed, the United States Senate feed, because it bypasses all that, because it's a public feed, open to the public 
for the use by the general public. Well, guess what? I'm part of that general public. Now, Trey says I'm wrong, and I'd like to know what he means by I'm wrong. Yes, I, I, okay, and, and let, me re, let me try to uh, clarify something. Uh, Trey says in the chat, in, on uh, tongue-tied, try again. <laughs> Trey says, there have always been scandals in American, politi in, in American political, politics. Burr, Hamilton, Franklin, Taft. Okay, Trey, first of all, as far as bias is concerned, this is not CNN. This is not Fox News. This is not MSNBC. We don't do the bias shit, okay? Because I call a spade a spade and a shovel a shovel. All right? I've said this many times, and apparently you're new to the broadcast, but I've said this over the years. Regardless of whether you're Republican or Democrat, you do the right thing, I'm going to say so. You do something stupid, I'm going to say so. Key words, I will say so. I don't care what your political persuasion is. If you're a politician and you do the right thing by the American people, I will say so. But if you do the wrong thing, I'm going to say so. There have been times I've actually called President Trump, President Trump on the carpet for a couple of items that, that he did that I didn't agree with. Now, as far as my research is concerned, I'm talking about from, from personal perspective over the years, okay, based on what I know. All right? Yes, there have been Americans, there have been scandals in American politics. There's no denying that. But I'm talking about as far as the DNC and its flagrant corruption. It hasn't it didn't become more pronounced until the until the Clinton years began. Okay, when uh, Bill Clinton was was in the White House. Need I remind you of what he and what he got from Monica Lewinsky? You know, hello. Bottom line is the DNC is pulling a very is they're playing, not pulling, they're playing a very dangerous game. They are playing with fire. And they know it, but they don't care. Because for the last four years they've tried everything they could think of, everything humanly possible to get Trump out of the White House. They've tried everything. Impeachment. They've tried uh, the Mueller report. They've tried, you know, Russian collusion, Ukraine collusion, and so on. They've tried so many different things, and everything has blown up in their faces. But they don't care. Because as far as they're concerned, they're right, and all of America is wrong. Follow me? Now, there are Republicans who have sided with the Democrats. And I truly believe those Republicans 
need to either change their party affiliation or get the fuck out of their job once altogether uh, because they're not helping the American people. All right? Mitch McConnell. I'll give you a prime example with Mitch. Mitch McConnell, his recent actions proved to me one thing, that he's, he's being a suck-up. That's what he's become, a fucking suck-up. So please, let's face the reality. If we don't challenge the voter fraud, if we don't challenge election fraud, because I firmly believe the Democrats have committed election and or voter fraud. It's that simple. The evidence is too overwhelming. Joe Biden gets inaugurated January 20th. And if, like I said, in the Georgia runoff, the Democrats take the the Senate, if you're a gun owner, kiss your guns goodbye. Gesundheit. Thank you. Okay? Free speech won't exist. Oh, sure, it'll exist on paper. That's That's all it'll be. Trust me. I see the writing on the wall. Look at what they did with these two megachurches in Albuquerque, New Mexico, when Governor Grisham decided to have them find each $10,000 for having services on Christmas Eve that exceeded the capacity. But the draconian lockdown measures, forgetting for a moment that churches were deemed essential, they didn't care. Democrat governors don't care about that. Here in the state of New York, I'll give you another great example. Governor Andrew Cuomo, in his zeal to be liked, back in March of this year, put out a mandate that said that COVID-positive patients need to be moved to nursing homes. As a result, those patients who were not positive for COVID ended up getting positive for COVID and dying as a result of his actions. So if I sound like I'm biased, I'm not being biased. I'm just pointing out the facts. The Republicans try to do the best they can, but they're not exactly the sharpest knives in the drawer sometimes either. Okay? It's really that simple. All right. Now, the last thing that that comes in here from Trey, and uh, I will move on as I need to do. Your knowledge is informed by your research. Actually, my knowledge is informed by not only research, but also by having, having seen it first, second, third hand. Okay, Trey? I've been voting for 39 years. I've voted in just about every presidential election for the last 39 years. 
every midterm election and every local election. Okay. Now, I'm a registered independent, but I my leanings are conservative. The simple fact is it doesn't matter what party affiliation you have. You say here, the DNC, RNC, Whigs, Democratic, Republican, are all American political corrupt institutions. Well, let's see. The two, the two predominant parties are the Republican National uh, Committee and the Democratic National Committee. Okay, those are the two pre prominent. The, the two that literally overshadow the rest. The Independence Party, when it was formed, was, it was supposed to be the third party of choice, giving the American people a third option. But the Democrats somehow managed to take it over. They've taken it over. It's still the Independence Party. But every, every election, my mailbox gets stuffed with everything from the Democrat Party. Nothing from the Republicans. And... Sorry to say there's nothing from the Independence Party because the Independence Party hasn't had a viable candidate for decades. Which is sad. Okay, in 2008, you said guns, ammo would be gone under POTUS. At that time, what happened? I still got mine. Okay. You're talking about during the Obama years. Well, yeah, but look at look at how the 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 landscape of the government was laid out. The Republicans for a while had control of both chambers. Then the Democrats took over one chamber but not the other. The lower chamber being the House of Representatives. That's where the Democrats took over. In the upper chamber, the United States Senate, the Republicans for a very long time held control of that upper chamber. They still do. If Loeffler and Purdue manage to win their runoff elections, they will, the Republicans will continue to have majority control of the Senate. And that's where the, a lot of the gun control laws that would have led to problems of people owning guns got stomped on. Okay? Look, if you're living here in New York, back in 2013, Governor Andrew Cuomo signed into law the New York Safe Act. All right? Now, I take a medication for epilepsy. It's called Depakote. It is prescribed by definition as a okay. And apparently, I it did not happen, did it, Trey? Now let me explain something, Trey, so you understand. I appreciate your, your, your appreciate you. Uh, your debate, but 
in 2008, you were, you were listening, you were watching, however the case may be, then you must have at one time or another called in because sound pretty confident in what you're saying that in claiming what I said. Well, obviously they weren't gone, but as I explained, the Republicans maintained control of the Senate, the upper chamber. Because when they lost the lower chamber, the House of Representatives, they still had the ability to block gun control laws that would have led to our losing our, our gun rights, or at least making it more, more difficult to be a gun owner in this country. Now, the same thing applies with, with Biden. But if the Senate is, if, if this, the Republicans lose the Senate to the Democrats, the Democrats will, will have the, the White House, should Biden get inaugurated. They will have the Congress and ultimately the Senate. Those three places right there, Democrat-controlled would lead to one in, 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 in one very real possibility. Now, I'm going to say it again, a very real possibility. So there's no misunderstanding what I'm saying here. It could lead to gun control laws that will make it so difficult for anyone to own a gun in the United States of America that we lose our gun rights, even though the Second Amendment says a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed, will be infringed. But let's also look at something that most people forget. And maybe you're forgetting this. I've said this over the years. Criminals. They, the reason they're criminals is because they ignore the laws. They don't pay the law any mind. They turn around and they commit criminal acts. They go to places where you can go in back alleys from the trunk of a car, from the back of a van, back of a pickup truck, and buy an illegal firearm. Thus bypassing the background checks and so forth, especially those who are felons that can't own a gun legally. All right? I've said this for years. Shut that shit down and and or at least put a, a nice deep dent in it and you run the, you have the, the possibility of these illegal gun sales being curtailed. You're not going to stop them all together in one shot. It's going to take time. Okay. In the first two years of Obama, yes, they had control, but they didn't pass the, any laws in regards to gun control that I'm aware of. Say it that way. So this way there's no misunderstanding. Because obviously, Trey, you're going to keep digging.
Okay. But if you lived here in New York State, depending on medications you take, and I've got a nice long laundry list from A to Z of medications that disqualify you from having a carry permit in the state of New York. That medicine for my epilepsy, Depakote, is prescribed as a seizure, a seizure uh, medication to prevent seizures. But it can also be prescribed as a mood stabilizer. Now, the state of New York doesn't care about the epilepsy aspect of it. They only care about the mood stabilization aspect of it. So that means anyone who takes Depakote cannot get a pistol permit. They cannot own a pistol. Now, you can own a rifle. I, I'm a gun owner. I own a rifle. I got a 22. But here's the problem. I can't take the 22 all over God's green earth with me. So partially, my Second Amendment rights have been infringed by an unconstitutional law signed by Governor Cuomo in 2013. So then let me just make sure that you, you understand. It's, people have been fighting that law for years and years and years and years. Okay? And we're still fighting it. Eventually, it's going to get to the Supreme Court, and when it does, that's when it's going to. It's that's when the fight, hopefully, will be in our favor, and the law will get struck down. But God only knows. All right, Trey, I've I've taken enough of the time on the on this on all of this. Okay, uh, he says he's saying my point, regardless of the stupid party, where the people will, the law can be changed. Okay, I'm a little, it's a little confusing. Uh, could you try and clar clarify what you're trying to say? Because it's it, honestly, I hate to, I'm not trying to be insulting or anything, but that didn't make any sense. Not again, not trying to insult, just it didn't seem to make sense to me. It, it was almost like uh, broken English or uh, something along those lines, but you know, again, not picking and just you know, kind of lost me there. Anyway, got to move along here. So let's get into more of this stuff. Now, of course, of course, there is, and when we talk about uh, gun rights and everything else, let's also look at, at, at what, what owning a gun means for all of us, you know, especially, you know, in our own homes. Now, according to The Blaze, a father shoots and kills an armed burglar threatening his family during a home invasion in Texas. The home was later the site of a drive-by shooting and fire. Now, according to this, and I'll bring this up 
in reader mode so I can see it better. A Texas father foiled a home invasion when he shot and killed one of three armed burglars who allegedly broke into his home and threatened his family at gunpoint, including two young children. The alarming incident unfolded in Port Arthur, a city east of Houston, on Sunday. Port Arthur police said that they were called to the home at about 8.30 p.m. and found a deceased 27-year-old who had been shot by the homeowner and father of the family. The victims said that three armed burglars forced their way into the home as a female resident arrived at the house. The suspects allegedly demanded that the woman hand over her belongings. From a separate room, the 29-year-old father of the home heard the commotion from the home invasion and confronted the intruders with his rifle. He says that he had he says that he shot one of the intruders and the other two fled. Police are seeking the two suspects who escaped. The father was trying to protect his two young children who were also in the house at the time. Port Arthur Detective Mike Herbert told KBMT TV that the suspect was killed the suspect who, who was killed was not a stranger to the homeowner who killed him. We know that the individual who defended himself inside the house was an acquaintance of the suspect that was shot and killed within the house, said Hebert. Police said two other, two other suspicious incidents occurred at the same residence. Hours after the lethal shooting, the home was the subject. The home was subject to a drive-by shooting, but no one was at the home at the time. Then, a day later, the home was engulfed in flames. Police are investigating whether the three incidents are connected. The mother of the children, who doesn't live at the house said that her five-year-old child was shaken up by the incident because one of the suspects pointed a gun at his face. The deceased suspect was later identified, and KBMT reported that he had been previously arrested for assault numerous times for deadly conduct and for making terroristic threats. So here here's 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 where being a gun owner uh truly go ahead Mike No, I'm not saying anything. I didn't say anything. Well, I keep hearing something in the back. I, I keep hearing something. I thought you were trying to say something. No. Let me mute myself. Keep keep on. Yeah, cuz I'm going to get to you in a minute, so be ready. Look, it comes down to this. Home invasions are on the rise across America. And if the Democrats get control of the government across the board, they've already made it clear they're going to implement more gun control laws. Dianne Feinstein, senator from California, 
said a long time ago that if she had the votes, she'd make Mr. and Mrs. America turn them all in, meaning our guns. So this time around, if a gun control law is introduced, it's very likely she could end up with the votes to get her way. I said, likely, not definitely. So there's no misunderstanding in that statement. But it depends on some of the Democrats, too, because there are some Democrats, as surprising as this may sound, who are not all that enthusiastic about, you know, gun control laws being so absolute. But let's face the reality. We don't know for certain what's going to really happen. All right. I stated into during the Obama years that it would definitely happen. Apparently, it didn't. Man's entitled to be wrong, but that is a this is a prediction, not not something that I'm saying is definitely going to happen. Okay, but it very well could happen because the Democrats for a long time have wanted to add more gun control laws to the books to make it more difficult on all of us who are gun owners. And I'll tell you something, if, if you think I'm kidding, speak to any gun owner in, you know, around the country. There are people who own guns. There are lawful, law-abiding citizens, like myself, like Gunslinger, who don't deserve to lose our gun rights because some Democrat governor or, 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 or Democrats in the Congress and the Senate say that we shouldn't have them. The whole purpose of the Second Amendment was... You see, the Founding Fathers knew that there was always a possibility, a chance, that the government could turn tyrannical, and that our gun rights were the only thing that, that, that kept us, that kept them and us, you know, pretty much on a separate keel. So what happens is if the, what, ha what happens if the government does become tyrannical? We're seeing a socialist, almost communist uh, uprise, uh, up, comeuppance in the United States Congress. I mean, look at the squad. Okay, I'll use that as an example. Socialism is more socialists are getting into the Congress, <clears throat> and they're trying. Oh, they're definitely trying, but they're not being very successful at making certain changes. But if this country God forbid, starts going the way of socialism. Um, I have this sinking feeling that my prediction about our gun rights and our, and our guns could very well come true. I'm not sitting here saying it will. I don't want to give, I don't want Trey to think that I'm saying definitely. 
I'm not. The bottom line is, I get a gut feeling. And I'm usually pretty much spot on when that gut feeling hits. All right, Mike, I'm going to start with you, and then I want to get Gunslinger's thoughts on this, on what happened with this home invasion. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, the father was protecting his family. He did what he had to do. All right? These guys broke into that, you know, they, they get in the house, they threaten, they're, they're threatening with, with their arm. They're threatening uh, the lives of his family. And it's like, okay, you hear the commotion. You come out with a, you know, with a rifle in your hand. Well, guess what? Somebody's going to end up with a toe tag. And hopefully it's not the homeowner. Well, the homeowner wasn't the one wearing the toe tag, was he? And he, and he was justified in protecting his home and family. And when I get to Gunslinger, I'm sure, he'll, I'm sure that the Castle Doctrine will be brought up and so forth. But, Mike, I want to get your thoughts on this story. Well, I mean, like you said, this guy was doing his job. His job is to be the man and to protect his family. They they ran and this apparently this where was this where where did this take place at? Outside of Houston. George. Say again. East of Houston. East of Houston. East of, okay, so it took place east of Houston. Then again, this is this is still Houston. To my knowledge, it's still Texas. And uh, Castle Doctrine, I don't want to say rules the day in most of Texas, but uh, so he had the right to do this. Now, granted, if this was New York City or any liberal state like that, they'd probably throw him in jail for shooting the rock, uh, for shooting the invaders, right? I mean, that's how that's how Cuomo and Shitmer up in Michigan and uh, Newsom in California and all these people work, right? You know, so uh, it, it, like you said, it all depends upon which state you're in. If you're in a state like Florida, Texas, Louisiana, let's just say most of the red states, okay? Then you're gonna, and most of basically the southern states, all of the southern states for that matter, I think. Uh, well, what, what used to be, you know, Florida, Georgia, Alabama, Louisiana, Mississippi, uh, Texas, Arkansas, places like that, you're gonna see this castle doctrine. You're gonna see, basically, this guy's not gonna have anything done to him because. He was well within his rights to do what he did. So, there you go. Back to you, George. Yeah, before I before I get to you, Gunslinger, there's something that um, Cherokee Rose said 
uh, on Periscope. Uh, first of all, in regards to the homeowner and, his, and, and doing what he did, she said, good, he protected his, fam his home and family. In, in regards to Obama, and I want to thank Cherokee Rose for this, I truly do. She said, if Obama had his way, it would have happened regarding, you know, the, our guns and everything. Because at the time, yes, I, 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 I believe that he, he would go after our guns. If he had his way, he would have. He, and as, as Cherokee Rose said, he made it very clear he was anti-Second Amendment. Guess who else is anti-Second Amendment? Sleepy Joe Biden. Yeah. Me and I say Joe. All right, Gunslinger, the Texas story. What do you think, man? Talk to me. Well, you know, I I would be, uh, give the guy a reward. I would have shot all three of them. Okay. Uh, you know, I, and then I don't care if you're a man, woman, or child. It don't matter. It don't make a fuck to me. Just like I told you, I think it was yesterday about that. Some I forget where else it was that these three uh, little hoodlums broke into this man's house and. He shot all three of them. Guess what? Two of them was 15 years old and one of them was 16. They won't see their next birthday because they're in, they was in the morgue, dead, toes up with a toe tag on. I'm sorry. What do you want me to do about it, Cry? These people, they chose what they did, just like in the story, okay, here in Texas, okay? I'm not in Houston. I'm in North Texas, but still Texas. They chose what they decided to do. They decided to go in there and home invade this family. One of them will be pushing up daisies, and I'm good. I'm glad. Like I said, he should have shot the other two just to make sure. Okay? I can see why people are fleeing and getting the fuck out of these states like New York that has these screwball gun laws. Okay, just like Mike was saying, you do that up there in in New York, for example, anywhere in New York, I guess. <laughs> All right, doesn't necessarily have to be New York, New York City. <clears throat> they will do their damnedest to prosecute your ass, probably for attempted murder, even though you were defending your family, your home, and your life, and say you had a concealed handgun license. Okay. They would still try to prosecute you. Okay. <laughs> uh, do you really blame these people for fucking getting the fuck out of Dodge? Uh, hell no. Okay. I would want to go to a more gun friendlier state. Okay. Where at least I know, at least at, to some degree, the law is on their side, the homeowner side, not the criminal, the homeowner side. Like here in Texas. We got the Castle Doctrine, okay, like Florida, like most of the other states do, okay. Um, here in Texas, they would say, if it was a good shot, congratulations. Oh, that'd be an investigation, and yeah, you'd probably have to go to court and all this, all this stuff, but 
nine times out of ten, 99.999% of the time, you're, you wouldn't be found guilty because it would be a justifiable shooting, a legal shooting. There are legal shootings and there are illegal shootings, right? This particular guy, they broke into his house, threatening his family. Okay. In Texas, if you even, if they even break into your car sitting out on the street, you can use deadly force in the state of Texas. I can't say for any other state, but for Texas, I can. Okay. You can use deadly force at night, preferably at night. Uh, there's certain levels of it, as with any stand your ground situation. For example, you have your car sitting out there on the street, and one o'clock in the morning, your silent alarm goes off. It wakes you up. Saying some little punks going in there steal your radio or your DVD player or whatever. Okay, you can grab your gun. You can go out there. You can shoot the son of a bitch as long as he's in that car. Now, if you approach approach the car and he suddenly jumps out of the car, turns, sees you, and runs, and you shoot him in the back, eh, you'll probably go to jail. Can't do that because the threat has stopped. This threat has stopped. Uh, if he's holding a bunch of your property, you can probably shoot him in the back because you have a right to stop the intruder or perp or criminal by whatever means necessary in the state of Texas. Okay, if he's just running away from you and he doesn't have any, any of your property, well, you really can't shoot him. Okay, but if he does have your property and you, you know, you may have a broke leg or something, well, you can't go running after him. Well, you you're justified in shooting him to stop the situation, stop the crime. Okay, uh, in the state of Texas, you're covered if you have to defend a third party. A lot of states uh, like New York, you probably get in, you bail hell, they probably put you in prison for that. Say you walked out your door and you got the concealed handgun license and everything, and right there, just down the sidewalk there, you see a somebody trying to rape this woman. Grabbing her, beating her, you know, trying to rip her clothes off. You know, they're fucking crazy ass people out there. You're done about that. Uh, in Texas, you can use deadly force to stop that perp from doing that in New York, they probably put you in fucking prison. Now you see the difference between a gun friendly state like Texas. Okay. And a anti-gun anti-American state like New York. Okay. I'd get the fuck out of Dodge if I could. Now, if you can, okay. Sometimes some people are trapped, but if you can, okay. So, you know, and this, you know, it, it, it just doesn't necessarily happen in Texas. This happens all over the United States. Almost every day, that somewhere, whether it's whether it makes the mainstream news or not, you know, guns save lives probably a million times a day across the United States in a 24-hour period. That includes day and night, probably a million times every 24 hours. Okay, I mean, I, think about it. You know, I'm sitting here by myself. I live alone by, in my trailer. I've got a 357 Magnum strapped on. Okay. Uh, somebody comes through that fucking door right there. They're going to be pushing up toe, toe tags too. I'll even go out there and confront them in the driveway if I have to, because I've got the law behind me. You own your own private property. You can do that. Somebody comes up there, you know, parks in your driveway up there by the road. You don't know who it is. 
You probably got, I'm going to have my gun out in a fire position with my spotlight, and you make one fucking wrong move, and I'll fucking fill that fucking windshield full of lead. And you're legally justified because you are threatened. You are threatened with your life. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a gun now. A lot of people will say, well, you know, the guy, the person's got to have a gun. No, not true. You can have a knife. You can have a baseball bat. You can have a piece of a tree limb that you go over there like Hercules and rip off the fucking tree. Now, instead of being attached to a tree, it's become a deadly weapon now because you ripped it off the fucking tree. And you're going to use it in an aggressive manner. You can legally use deadly force. Even your hands, okay? If you know the martial arts experts, you know, uh, karate and all that, all that quite condo or whatever it is. And you come up there jumping up and down like an idiot and swinging your fucking hands and all that shit. I'm going to fear for my life and I'm going to shoot your ass. <laughs> Plain and simple. So your hands can be deadly weapons too. Just don't, that doesn't necessarily have to be a gun. Go ahead. <clears throat> well, Mike just hung up on the line. He's still in the chat room. <clears throat> I put in the message, leaving us, Mike? Um, so, Mike, if you're, if you're hearing me on the uh, Mixler, uh, if you're heading out, you need, you need to say goodnight to everybody when you're on the phone line, buddy. I mean, it would be nice. But, yeah, no, the, the uh, getting back to... Um, you know, what we're talking about here, Gunslinger, it's, it's, it's very simple. It really is. Uh, when you have uh, a gun-friendly state like Texas uh, that has the kind of protections that Texas has, uh, it's a beautiful thing, okay? It really is. Uh, and yes, going out, if, you, if, 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 if you're going out, if some... If, if, <laughs> Boy, I'm getting tongue-tied now, folks. Let me try that again. If uh, <laughs> if you're uh, if the suspect is running away from you and you pull your your weapon and you shoot them in the back, big no-no. I mean, even the old west. I'm kind of guessing here, really, but in the old west, I don't. It, it, they, they looked at a person who shot you. If you shot a person in the back, you were a snake in the grass. You were, you were evil. But, you know, I mean, if someone was running away from me and I, and I was in a gun-friendly state and I, and I had a pistol in my hand and they're running away from me and they threatened to kill me, First thing I'd do is tell them, keep running, motherfucker, because somebody's going to catch your ass eventually. And if it ain't me, it'll be the law. Now, Cherokee Rose said on Periscope, Arizonans love their guns. Well, of course they do. Of course they do. Just like Texas loves their guns. Hey, listen. We gun owners love our guns, okay? I've got my rifle sitting not far from me. You can't see it on camera, but it's here. 
I've got my rifle sitting here. It's nice. And, I keep it nice and shiny, nice polished. I even take. I even take. Um, I have this canister of uh, of of cleaning wipes, and I'll take it and I'll and I'll wipe down the barrel a little. Wipe down the outside of the barrel and wipe down the receiver and wipe down the stock and you know, just to make it look kind of nice and shiny, you know, and to keep it clean. Uh, as a matter let of fact, inter- let, me inter- let, me inter- let me interrupt for just a second. You said you use cleaning wipes. Okay, that's yeah. not recommended for firearms. They, got, they get, probably got water in it. Water, you don't want to put water on a gun. Oh no, okay. it's, it's, it, <laughs> yeah, these are these are uh, these are alcohol wipes. They're not uh, they're not water based. Oh, okay. And they're they're alcohol they're not still, they're not soaking wet. They're very they're very 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 damp, almost almost dry, really. And I I just take it and just a, I just take a, and do a quick wipe off of, of any dust that's on the on the on the outside of the barrel. I never use anything like that inside okay. the barrel. Tell you that right now. That's a no, 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 no. Don't do that. And even, with the stock even on the outside, because the stock is made of the hardened plastic, you wipe that off with, with, with a with a with a cleaning cloth like that. Shines it right up. Makes it look nice. Yeah. I just you you take take it very gently, very gently, very carefully to wipe off any dust. You know, but Friday. Well, the reason the reason is the reason Friday. Is I'm, I'm, I got I got to I got to do the the cleaning with the cleaning kit. Friday's yeah. Friday's my well, designated day I for it. Use, I, yeah. Well, the reason I don't use alcohol is because if you put oil on it, like the gun oil, alcohol will take it take that gun oil right off because alcohol is a chemical. will cut. will cut the uh, oil. Like oil. Oh no, I, I agree. I, I just I just use it very gent- very lightly on the, on the barrel to get any dust off of it. Now Friday when I go to clean the gun, when I go to clean my rifle, I've got the the cloths and everything you know for the gun oil, so I'll be wiping it down with wiping down everything with gun oil. Oh, you better believe that. But I'll do that after I do the the cleaning of the inside of the barrel with the you know put the gun oil through the through the barrel and everything and clean it up real nice and. I gotta keep my, my my weapon fire ready. Always. If there's one thing I learned, is you gotta have you make sure that your weapon is properly maintained at all times. That's something that Mike here in New York kind of impressed upon me. You know, if there's if there's if if anything else, keep it properly maintained. You know what I found sitting on my on my rifle the other day? No joke. A piece of paper landed on the barrel and it was it was leaning right up against the uh the the, the phone and everything cuz I have it right here. Leaning up against it was a piece of paper. You know what was written on the paper? A, a printout of the second amendment. <clears throat> I thought that was kind of kind of kind of cool. I'm trying to figure out how that landed on there because it, it was sitting on my desk here, you know, and in a position where it shouldn't have fallen. 
but it did. Of all the papers I have here, that was the only one that fell out, fell down by my gun. Go figure. I thought it was kind of funny myself, but you know, given the way it landed. Now, let's see here. This is something, and this is an article from One American News, uh, everybody. And tech experts confirms, a tech expert confirms voting machines connected to Internet during Georgia Senate subcommittee on elections. Okay. Let's see what's all what that's all about. Witnesses outlined extensive evidence of ballot fraud in Georgia while the state's Senate subcommittee on elections held a hearing on voting machine irregularities. During the hearing, a tech expert looking into connected devices in Fulton County, Javon Pulzer made a major announcement about his team's findings. Pulitzer went on to say when the devices are connected to the Internet, people can easily siphon or, and modify data, including votes in real time as it comes into the system. This new information on compromised voting machines comes as President Trump continues to slam Georgia's governor and Secretary of State for not taking action against voter fraud. And this is a from this is this comes from a tweet at Brian Kemp GA, his puppet lieutenant governor at Jeff Duncan GA, and Secretary of State are disasters for Georgia. Won't let professionals get anywhere near Fulton County for signature verifications or anything else. They are they are virtually controlled by at Stacey Abrams and the Democrats. Fools. So, a tech expert put this out there. What do you think of that one, Gun? Well, <clears throat> I've said all the time, if they're connected to the Internet, anything can happen to them. And that, well, it just proves what I've been saying all along. Uh, anything, that, anything can happen to them. It it. So, you know, that's, well, yeah, that's why they shouldn't be connected to the internet. Okay. But they do that because they know that they can easily manipulate and change the votes. I mean, come on, that 10 year old girl from somewhere did it. You know, it was a mock-up deal. It, was a, it didn't really happen, but within 10 minutes, the the girl came in there and changed the fucking votes. I think it was Georgia, was it Georgia or somewhere in there? It was it was set up as an experiment, so it proves it can be done, and a ten year old school age child could can break in, hack in, as long as they're connected to the internet, and change things with it just within ten minutes. <laughs> uh, yeah, not good yeah. to have them connected though. But but the irony of this is not all of the voting machines are connected to the internet. Only certain types of machine, only certain machines, because. 
they, the, the machines that are used here have no internet access of any kind. They don't even have a, 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 a any kind of uh, Ethernet card, you know, for even hardwiring. So if the machines in Georgia are the, are the Dominion voting machines run by Smartmatic, yeah, it's... <laughs> Of course, they're, they're going to, it's easy to get into them from the outside. No doubt in my mind. But here's the problem. What, what, what good is this information if, if nothing comes of it? That's, the, that's the, the one question that comes to mind. Go ahead. Well, yeah, I mean, what good is it? I mean, you know. And even if they're not connected, they can. If, if there's any type of access to them things, eh, it can be because I've got this fucking desktop computer right here. It's HP. It's refurbished. Okay, I had it back here in my room with a backup. And before I ran independent lines back here, uh, I was going to turn it into a wireless because it's not a wireless computer. It didn't come from the, from when I got it as a wireless deal. Uh, <laughs> I went out there and I spent twenty four ninety five on a little antenna setup, USB setup. I can turn it into a wireless right now. Just had a just had a couple of keystrokes right here. I can switch from hardwire to wireless. No problem. It only cost me twenty four ninety five, <laughs> and I ordered it online. Okay, so if you've got the right little toys, it takes the right little toys. It's kind of limited because. This thing wasn't even designed. It doesn't even have a wireless card in it. It doesn't have anything of that shit in there. All I did was just take it, plug it into the USB port on the back, boom, wireless. Yeah. Go ahead. The, uh, the, the computer that I have here that I'm broadcasting with, it has the Ethernet connector, you know, for hardwire, but it, but it, it does not have a Wi-Fi connection inside the system. So in order to get my printer to work, off of hardwire because it's my printer is is Wi-Fi capable. I had to take this little device. It's a USB device that plugs into my computer. It's a Wi-Fi antenna. It, it's a little black box. I'll show it one day. Uh, actually, I can probably show you one that what they look like. Uh, but the thing of it is. I plug it in, I press this little button on it, and it connects, it, it connect, it, I can connect my computer wirelessly if need be. I prefer not to, I keep it hardwired. The only reason that that Wi-Fi connector is there is for the printer. But I don't even have to have that connected now because... Uh, I can access through the um, through through the hardwire. <clears throat> the thing of it, the thing for me is, you know, the the accessibility, the ease of it. But you can also set it up where, through the router, the wireless router, you can set up the security protocols in such a way that no one can access it unless they know the proper codes and in my computer itself I also have additional protections 
that prevent people from getting into the system. So at the at the end of the day, what happens is, yeah, I can use this thing wirelessly if I had to, but I don't need to because it is I do have it hardwired. But with the voting machines, okay, voting machines, uh, you can hook up a wireless device like what I have. There's the only way it's going to work though is you have to have the software for it in the in the system. And installing that software into the system, I mean, it's going to be noticed. It's going to be it's going to be there. It's going to be visible. It's going to be there because it's going to be part of the 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 system when it boots up. So they can't really use a Wi-Fi connection like that, you know, similar to what I use, an an outside wireless antenna, as it's called. Now, on a computer, yes, but on on a voting machine, it's a little more difficult. I'm not going to sit here and say it's impossible, but it's a hell of a lot more difficult. But the machines, like Dominion voting machines, uh, run by Smartmatic, they come with a with an internet card inside, and they shouldn't. No voting machine should have that at all. And this is the problem that we've that we've been faced with in this country because of that type of setup. And and not just in Georgia, I suspect that in others in the other battleground states, similar problems. Is it likely? I think so, given the evidence that's been presented thus far. But one question does come to mind. If this is the case, why wasn't it discovered before election day? Why did it take until after election day for shit like this to come out? One would think that it's, you know, that election integrity has to be protected, but obviously somebody dropped the ball. Go ahead. Well, there is there is a explanation vague, but there's still an explanation that. Well, if 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 you'll say goes, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So. You would have to be specifically looking for those parameters and then say, oh, wait a minute, what is this? I mean, you just might come across it by accident. But you're probably not specifically looking for that certain item. And, you know, like I said, I was in a trade for 20 fucking years. When I went on a fucking service call, I wasn't specifically looking for tomato plants out in the customer's garden. I was looking for electrical problems within the house. I could give a fuck about the goddamn tomato plants in their backyard, okay? Because my mind wasn't on tomato plants in the customer's backyard. My mind was focused on why are their lights off? Why are their breakers still keep tripping? Okay, that kind of stuff. So it, it could be easily overlooked, okay? You know, it, it could be. It's happened to me. I mean, like I said, I'm not, I'm not concentrating on their out stuff out here or, or the weather, well, I might ask the weather, did you get a lightning hit or something like that? I mean, you know, but typically and generally, you concentrate on what you're there to do. You know, not small talk, but it's always possible, you know. Go ahead. 
Well, I don't consider myself an expert when it comes to computers. Never did. Okay? I know from, from all the people I've learned from, from A-plus technicians, uh, people who deal specifically with computers and computer devices, um, when it comes to that, when it comes to that aspect, when it comes to that, um, that side of, uh, the spectrum, no offense gunslinger, but, uh, uh, an electrician is not an A plus technician when it comes to computers. I'm sure you, I'm sure you can attest to that. No doubt in my mind. But when it comes down to, when it comes to computers, when you want the information, uh, when you want the device working properly and all that, you're not going to call an electrician to fix your computer. You're going to call an A-plus technician schooled and educated and certified to work specifically on computer devices. So the one thing that I do maintain is while not an expert in computers, I do remain teachable in the respects of learning more and more every day. A lot of my computers, the simplest things that I can do, uh, replacing hard drives, for example, installing additional memory, that sort of thing. You know, when it comes to the hardware, I can do that without having to call somebody. When it comes to something a little more technical than my ability can call for, then I'm going to contact someone who has more knowledge than I have in regards to a computer. Uh, I've got a friend. His name is Ron. He, he lives here. In, he lives here in the. He lives. He lives in the county. I've known him for years. Okay, he's an A plus technician. He's worked on my computers over the years. In fact, when I was taking care of my mother, I had an old e-machine at the time. Had it for 10 years. He came in. What I couldn't figure out, he had it done just that quick. Because he knows what he's doing. When it comes to something like that, when it comes to a computerized device, anything, yes, anything is remotely possible. But when it comes to certain devices that are not internet capable, that don't have a Wi-Fi device inside or an Ethernet device inside or a combination of both, if it's completely, you know, out of the factory, non-internet capable, then you have to purchase the card that, that has a Wi-Fi ability and Ethernet connection ability, okay? Or you get a device like I have, a simple Wi-Fi device, install the software, and you can run it wirelessly. But the, the irony of that is, with voting machines, like the machines here in New York, for example, okay, they don't even, I, 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 I know this because I, I actually looked at these machines uh, on election day, I, I, I scoped them out carefully. And I looked at them and I said, where's your USB, uh, where's the USB uh, 
port. And the lady goes, it doesn't have one. I said, really? She goes, nope. It has an internal thumb drive, but nothing that can be hooked up externally. I said, do you mind if I just take a sneak peek? And she goes, go right ahead. So I did. I looked all over this thing. I couldn't find a USB port on it anywhere. And it was this, and they had the exact same machine every, it, it, they had the same machines in this room, the exact same model that works. So the only way they could tally the votes is they had, at the end of the night, they had to pull the thumb drive from the device, plug it into a computer that was not internet capable, and tally the votes. What I found surprising is how very easy that system is. In talking with the, the Board of Elections, I learned a few things that I didn't know before. But I'm going to say something that I've said previous, Gunslinger. And you, you know, you've heard me say this. When I started voting 39 years ago, we had the old big cabinet voting machines with the toggle switches and that nice big lever where you pulled it over and closed the machine. The curtain would close behind you so you had privacy. And you flipped the toggles down to make your choice. Those machines could not be manipulated. They could not be hacked because they weren't computerized. I still say those machines would be the better choice for voting in this country. And that's those are the machines <clears throat> I firmly believe should come back. Get rid of these computerized pieces of trash and go back to the, to the basics. Go back to something that that worked. You said the phrase right. best. You're, you're asking, if it ain't broke, don't try to fix yeah, it. You're absolutely, you're absolutely correct. I mean, the old mechanical shit is it, 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 you can't compare. I don't care who you are. Electronic shit can be tampered with. I mean, they're electronics. Okay, it, it, it's just plain and simple. I mean, today, if we was back in the Stone Age days with Fred Flintstone living next door, and somebody said it, I said, "You crazy motherfucker!" In no goddamn way. But with today's technology. I mean, just like these earbuds that I found out there, bitch. Okay, there's, there's a. I was looking at the charger. But I'm fixing to put in an order for the for the charger. But you know that they are there's there's wireless chargers. You just simply set the fucking case on this little pad, and boom, it's charged. No wires, no contact, just with the little pad. Or you can even set it up next to it. It doesn't matter. It doesn't necessarily have to be on the pad. Quite expensive though. They're like sixty, seventy bucks. Okay, but you just set your your phone. Just set it up there next to this little charger, and it charges the the, the electronics wirelessly. <laughs> so don't tell me it can't be hacked. I mean, all anything electronic can be. If they can do that, just with a simple fucking a phone charger, for God's sakes, uh, they can do anything. Come on. <laughs> well. We could, we, we, we could have this this discussion and debate ad infinitum for for weeks at a time, but at the end of the day, you know, there's a lot of stuff that 
you know, and, I, and I've said this before, and it bears repeating, and there's a lot of stuff about computers that I don't know. And I'm willing to admit that. You know, I'm not an expert. I'm not a brainiac when it comes to computers. But I have friends who are. That know, that know computers inside out and backwards. That can probably fix them in their sleep. And probably have. But make no mistake. While I'm no expert, I'm no dummy either. Because I, I do, well, I do well, read and I do learn. Thank God for small miracles yeah, right, in that right. respect. <laughs> go ahead. Right quick, right quick before you go, did you? Uh, I think I put it in FFNO. There was an attack in Aspen, Colorado, on the on gas on the gas system, natural gas. Oh, yeah, blew it up. Hold blew that thought. I I'm glad you rem- you said something because I almost forgot about that. Yes, folks, there's an item that I almost forgot about. There's a link in the chat room if you need to check it out right now. Poof. Let's see here. Uh, oh. Boyd put a couple of things in here. Well, the link I put in there is in the chat room now. Next one. Hmm. Let me see here. Uh, Dawn Wells. That thing. Uh, are you talking about the intentional attack on Colorado gas lines? Yeah, that's it. Yep. Okay, I think you put that in the chat room before. Yeah, you did put it in the chat room before. Okay, let me um, let me bring this up here. And don't get in my face with that ad busting stuff. Give me a break. Uh, let's see if I can put this in reader mode. There we go. According to this, this is from AmericanMilitaryNews.com, intentional attack on Colorado gas lines leaves thousands without heat. Thousands of Aspen, Colorado residents and businesses are without heat or hot water amid freezing temperatures due to an attack on on gas service lines over the weekend. The FBI and local police are investigating what they say appears to be an intentional attack on the town's gas service lines, Aspen Times reported. Officials discovered vandalism at three different gas line sites, in which environmental group messaging was found written on the pipes. Aspen Assistant Police Chief Bill Lynn said the perpetrators have some familiarity with the gas line system. They tampered with flow lines. They turned off gas lines, he explained. The words Earth First were found written on the vandalized gas pipes. The words are the name of an international environmental advocacy. Try again, George. The words are the name of an international environmental advocacy group. The city of Aspen has been 
has been handing out thousands of space heaters to residents who are without heat, while technicians from the local gas company, Black Hills Energy, attempt to restore the gas service. Technicians from Black Hills Energy worked throughout the night to purge and repressurize Aspen's natural gas system. At 7.30 a.m. this morning, technicians began the relighting process. This will continue for residential properties throughout today until 11 p.m. tonight and will begin again in the morning until all homes have been serviced. The Aspen Police Department said in a Facebook post on Tuesday, at least 160 Black Hills Energy technicians are in the process of visiting each of the 3,500 affected gas meters in the town and taking purge and repressurizing procedures to restore the system. The Earth First Environmental Group was created in 1980 and was identified as perpetrating a 1991 sabotage attack on the Tolaride Ski Resort in Mountain Village, Colorado, where the suspects left behind Earth First messaging and uh, excuse me, amid the vandalism. Okay. Me? If I were in charge of the Department of Justice, I'd be, go I'd be, I'd be going to, to the courts and, and getting uh, arrest warrants, blanket arrest warrants, for the members of Earth First and shutting them down and, and get court orders to shut them the fuck down in a hurry. Because as far as I'm concerned, Earth First is a domestic terrorist group. That's my that, that's just my personal opinion. Okay? But I personally believe them to be a, a domestic terror group. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. If they're capable of doing this kind of nonsense, what else are they capable of? Gunslinger, you brought this to you brought this up, so talk to me. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, absolutely, yeah, they should be labeled as a terrorist group and arrested. I mean, they go out there and they disrupt gas services to all these people, um, especially this time of year. I mean, it's pretty damn cold up there in Colorado, from what I've heard. Um, you got everything from restaurants to nursing homes, okay, that rely on natural gas for for heating and cooking and all that stuff. Uh, even the slightest little—I I mean, you can just go up there and turn a valve off; you'll fuck up the whole system, okay? It's like a cascade event. It's like it's just like electrical work, okay? You got a you got a substation that blows up. Hell, it could it could affect two or three, four, five states, okay? So there's a domino effect. Uh, so yeah, any little thing can disrupt a large area, uh, especially you know this time of year. You know, Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 it's, it's very dis, you know disturbing to me. Um, that this kind of crap is going on. So, it's my hope that the FBI 
and the local police are able to uh, take these people into custody. I really hope they do. But I, I, I firmly believe that a federal court order shutting them down permanently is necessary. Now, this group has been around since 1980, and they're committing vandalism like this on a pipeline? That's not vandalism. That's fucking terrorism. I'm sorry. Uh, by the way, uh, Gunslinger, I, I noticed that you, in, your, in your departure message, uh, you said that it's 39 degrees outside where you are and raining. Well, guess what? Yep. Current temperature in my neck of the woods is also 39 degrees with a feel-like temperature of 41, and it's raining here, too. So it looks like Mother Nature has given us both a nice chilly night with a bit of a dampness feel. Thanks a lot, Mother Nature, you dingbat you. <clears throat> Well, Gunslinger, any final thoughts on your side? I don't know. It's just a crazy fucking situation, a crazy fucking world out there, and it seems like it's getting crazier every day. Uh, just better hope that uh, President Trump's got something up the sleeve on, was it, uh, January 6th? Let's hope so. Let's hope so, too. Like I said, this country, you ain't going to notice. Yeah. Because... If, if, that, if that... Good. No, go ahead. Go ahead and finish. No, just real fast. I said, if that fucker gets in there, Sleepy Joe, Pedophile Joe, and Camel Toe gets in there, you ain't going to recognize this fucking country. Not after what President Trump has done to its betterment. They're going to tear it down. Just wait and see. If they, if they're, if they manage to squirm their way in there, okay? Just wait and see. Go ahead. Yeah, I know what you mean, brother. I know what you mean. Um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's really strange how, how things are, are, are working out here, uh, the, with this election and everything, but, um, uh, you know, hopefully things will change for the better. Hopefully we see president Trump actually succeed at reelection. Hopefully these challenges, something has to give. But if he's unsuccessful and Biden does get sworn in, let's hope that President Trump considers running in 2024. Because if he doesn't get it, if he doesn't win re-election and he doesn't get in this time, he can run for election again in 2024. So we'll keep our fingers crossed and hope for the best either way. Um but real, real quick, real quick, will we be lucky to be here in 2024 after, them, after that pair gets fucking, if they get in there? <laughs> mm. Ooh, that's a hell of a sobering thought. Yeah, tell <laughs> me about it. Something I really didn't want to have to think about before going off the air tonight. <laughs> but unfortunately, it's something we have to think about. And let's also remember, Gunslinger, like I said... Uh, the very real possibility uh, that these that that the Congress could turn around and uh, and and decide, well, you know what, 
we need a psychiatrist to evaluate him and a medical doctor to evaluate him so that we can invoke the 25th Amendment. Now, if they do that and they're successful at getting Sleepy Joe removed, it's like I said before, ladies and gentlemen, I've said this before and it bears repeating, Kamala Cameltoe Harris and Nancy, I love my martinis, Pelosi, get moved up because of the order of succession. And then our country is truly fucked with no pleasure. You know what I'm saying, Gun? Oh, yeah, exactly. I mean, couldn't have said it any more better. You know, it's um, those two pair, man, you talk about a pair made in hell. There you go. Exactly. Well, my friend, it is time to call this a broadcast. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I do want to remind you that the uh, New Year's Eve countdown broadcast uh, is tomorrow and, well, December 31st. Uh, we will be on the air. We're not going to, I'm not going to be doing anything on the radio side, phone calls, that sort of thing. It's just going to be a simple countdown show. And then I'm going to uh, go off for the night because the simple fact is, you know, I want to keep it simple. But do not let your heart be troubled. For Firefox News Online, come the new year, we'll be back on the air Monday, January 4th, 2021. And on that day, this broadcast will celebrate 13. 15 years on the air with Blog Talk Radio alone. 13 years, Gunslinger. Can you believe it? Unbelievable. 13 years. Wow. Hey, I'm getting to be an old fart now, just thinking about it. <laughs> on that note... <laughs> on that note, brother, you have yourself a good one, and I'll talk to you soon. And all of you watching and listening by archives, thanks to Cherokee Rose, Mike from Louisiana, Ch Gunslinger in the Lone Star State, and of course, all of you, wherever you are, watching and listening by archives. 2020 has been one hell of a ride. It's been with ups and downs galore. But my hope is, and I pray to God, that 2021 in some way, we'll have some good moments. Things that we can be that we can be happy with. But my gut feeling is the worst is yet to come in 2021. For the comments I've made, that's the way it is from my perspective. I'm George Sinzer. Thank you for tuning in to Firefox News Online. And as always, Y'all be good, and if you can't be good, be careful, and if you can't be careful, please, with the love of God, do not name it after me. That's all I ask. <sighs> Why can I say that and not get tongue-tied? Go figure. Good night, America. Until the New Year's Eve show. And outro. 
Thank you for tuning in to Firefox News Online. Firefox News Online is a production of Firefox News Online Productions. Any rebroadcast, transcript, either in whole or in part, without the express written permission of Firefox News Online Productions and its owner, is expressly forbidden. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Send your comments to us by writing comments at firefoxnewsonline.com. That's comments at firefoxnewsonline.com. Also, if you have any stories or topic ideas you'd like to share with us, send them to WeReport at FirefoxNewsOnline.com. That's WeReport at FirefoxNewsOnline.com. And be sure to check Facebook.com slash FFNOIBN. That's Facebook.com slash FFNOIBN. For the links to the live broadcasts of Firefox News Online on the Firefox News Online Internet Broadcasting Network, be sure to use hashtag FFNOP, that's hashtag FFNOP, to trend this broadcast and all Firefox News Online broadcasts globally on social media. Thank you for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next edition. So let it be written. So let it be done. Thank you for using Blog Talk Radio. Goodbye.